0: Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. Welcome to Sunday Night Church here at Broadway Baptist Church. Can you believe it's already August, August 1st? We're so glad you can join us. I hope you have your Bibles. Go ahead and open up to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 13, verses 17 through chapter 14, verse 14. If you're joining us here for the first time this evening, we are going through the book of Exodus. We're studying the life of Moses. This is our Sunday evening worship service. The exciting news is we've been meeting online for, gosh, now, by ne- now about a, uh, what hour and a half, or a year and a half, an hour and a half. have been meeting online for on Sunday evenings for a year and a half, and we've decided next month, beginning on September 12th, we're going to start back Our regular Sunday evening worship services in person. So soon this this sermon series will become an in person worship service, which is exciting and encouraging with that point, with that. But it is going through God's word, there is power and truth in studying the scriptures. And I believe the truth that we're going to see here is what we need to really be convicted in seeing how the power of God in our lives, and not just in our lives, not only that, the power of God in our church and the power of God experiencing revival. Be in prayer for our Voice of prayer Praise group. They're coming back from North Carolina right now. They've been touring the, the state, singing and doing revivals and experiencing uh, great moves and exciting worship opportunities of sharing the gospel uh, throughout that state. It's a powerful time for uh, for. Folks to be able to go into a different setting and minister to people in a, in a different area. It's always an encouragement. In many ways, the people, when you go on a mission trip or a choir trip or any type of, of ministry out of your hometown, out of your city, it's more of a blessing to that person than to you. And now I want to explain the reason why. Sometimes for us, we find ourselves and we, we live in the mundane, and we're living in this time and culture of each and every day you're just going through the motions and I think one of the power, the ways to experience spiritual breakthrough to get, to get past that is to start looking and opening your eyes to the opportunities for God to bring people into your path that you can witness to, that you can invite to church any and every opportunity for you to be that influence for the gospel that is the greatest need here in Lexington And yes, missions is needed all over America, but it is mightily needed here in our city. We are a lost and dying city without Christ. And we're going to see here about Pharaoh having a hardened heart. And that's something that God has the power of breaking through a hardened heart. He has the power of overcoming complaining spirits. And when you're back, and the main theme of tonight's message, when you're back is against the Red Sea. You're backed in a corner. And then you've got the Egyptians coming at you. What do you do? You need the Lord to fight for you. So, the context for that for us today, that might be for us, our Red Sea, our backs against the Red Sea, is it maybe a surgery, maybe a cancer diagnosis, maybe a health concern, maybe f- massive financial problems. And you're just in trouble. and You don't see a way out. And you've got. You've got your enemies, you've got problems headed your way, and there's nowhere else to go in the back because you're up against the water. And you need a deliverer. You need someone to rescue you. You need a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. That's what the Lord did. He sent this pillar that came and protected the people. So we're going to be here in our Bibles Exodus chapter thirteen, verse seventeen. Now, I'll give you background information. Where are we at? We're picking up on the Pharaoh has told the Egyptian or Israelites to get out of Egypt. Like his son just died. We've gone through the ten plagues. Tragedy has occurred. So Pharaoh's saying, "Just leave." Middle of the night. Get out of here. So they had to literally just grab their stuff and run out of town. They had very little time at all to get anything. Pharaoh said, go. They're being driven out of this country in the land of Goshen. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them along the road to the land of the Philistines. Let me explain. I don't have a map here, but I'm just going to tell you. Goshen is in the northern area of Egypt. It's up near the Mediterranean Sea. The quickest way to get to the promised land would just to be just really in many ways just follow the sea road along the, the Mediterranean Sea. That goes to a current day area of what we would call the Gaza Strip. It's uh, the land of the Philistines in Bible times. Well, if the Israelites who were not warriors, these are slaves, they are not accomplished fighters, if they went through that area, they would likely have battle. They would likely fight a war. So they, so they knew you know, it's the quickest way, it's just a you know, couple of day journey to get to the promised land. You're not that far. But they would still have to have some fights going through there. But God didn't lead them that way. He, he's leading them down through to a sea. It looks like they're getting trapped in the desert. So they're going to find themselves uh, uh, near what we would call the Suez Canal, the Red Sea, and uh, it's a a difficult spot for them to be be in. So uh, that's what we're seeing here. So they're not going through the land of the Philistines, even though it was nearby. For God said the people will change their minds and return to Egypt if they face war, meaning if they start traveling down the road, and the Philistines start to see him and say, we're not letting all these folks pass through our country. Just because we have a public road doesn't mean you get to freely move. So those folks, the they, they Philistines would have attacked them, and they would have had to turn around and run back to Egypt. God knew, because God has, a, God has the gift. He has the advantage of foreknowledge. God knows the future. It's an attribute. God is an all-knowing. He lives in the past, the present, and the future. He knew if these folks were to face battle with the Philistines, they would turn around and come back. It would not be best for them. They would find themselves right back in slavery. In fact, in many ways, Pharaoh probably thought that. He thought, if I let them go, they're just going to go through the Philistines. They're going to come right back because they're, not, they're, they're trapped. There's nowhere for them to, nowhere for them to go. So he led the people around toward the Red Sea, along the road of the wilderness, and the Israelites left the land of Egypt in battle formation, which is in many ways a joke because they could not, could not fight in a battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, because Joseph had made the Israelites swear a psalm oath, saying, God will certainly come to your aid. Then you must place my bones with you, from this place. So I want to hit pause here, and I want to flip back to Genesis chapter 50. Moses is taking Joseph's bones to the promised land. Remember, Joseph's the reason he brought all the people, Jacob and his family, down to Egypt 420 years earlier, a long time ago. And they have been in bondage and captivity ever since. And Joseph made a asked. When he died, he wanted to be gathered and buried in the promised land. Where does that come from? It's in Genesis chapter 50, verse 24 through 26. Look at these last words of the book of Genesis. Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die. Joseph recognizing he's about to die. When you are about to die, you need, first of all, to do several things. You need to make sure you are in a right-standing relationship with the Lord. Are you saved? Can you confidently say, I'm about to die? I've been faithful to the Lord. I have been preparing my whole life to meet Jesus. I don't have any unconfessed sin. I have forgiven everyone. I am in a spiritual state of Christ is all that matters a God-centered life. That's what it means to be prepared to die. There's no reason to be taking bitterness, hatred, anger, unforgiveness to the grave with you. It doesn't do you one bit of good. But Joseph here is recognizing he's going to soon meet the Lord, just like you and I. I'm about to die, but God will certainly come to your aid. And bring you from this land to the land he swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God made a promise with Joseph's father, grandfather, and great-grandfather, who is Abraham, that their land will be the promised land in Israel. Land flowing with milk and honey. So Joseph clings to God's word. He saw how God brought them to Egypt to be saved from the famine, and to save all the folks of their small family. So Joseph made the sons of Israel take a note. So his descendants, the sons of Israel, take a note. When God comes to your aid, you are to carry my bones up from here. So Joseph knew at one point, God's, God's going to deliver you out of this. We're not in slavery right now, but one day, the Lord will lead us back to the promised land. And when he does, I want you to exhume my bones and carry them back and bury them in the promised land with my fathers. Joseph died at the age of 110 years old. They embalmed him and placed him in a coffin in Egypt. Not very many people were embalmed in the Bible, but Joseph was one of them. He was embalmed. That's what they did in Egypt. And he was then later uh, to be carried into the promised land. So he made his sons, his children, make a promise. My bones don't belong here. So the Israelites all knew one day when we are set free, this, we're going we're gonna to bring, we're gonna bring father, grandfather Joseph back to the promised land. So keep, keep going back here. Flip back to the book of Exodus here. That's what Moses is talking about. He's 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 honoring Joseph's request. So in the middle of the night, when we have to do a nighttime escape, even then, when they're leaving Egypt, they're still fulfilling God's word by bringing Joseph's bones. And I'm sure they were aware of where they were at. I'm sure they were in a position they could grab them and go. They knew, hey, this is going to be the Passover. You need to have all your bags packed, because we're going to have to do a midnight escape and get out of here. There's no time to wait, no time to delay. So when God calls, when God speaks, when God leads, we need to be ready to respond to Him. There's the, the opportunity, just because you have it in front of you today, does not mean it will be there tomorrow. We are never promised, we are never given a promise of tomorrow our only promise is that we will stand before God confidently in Jesus Christ. You've been forgiven. You've been redeemed. He is our Lord and Savior. They set out from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. So they're going now down towards the wilderness. It, it's like, it's like we're, we, we're, we're going and you, you head out. And we're going south. And all of a sudden here from Fayette County, we go south instead of going south maybe north, and the first thing we do is we go south and hit the Kentucky River, and we're trapped. We can't cross it. It's too deep. The waters are too fast. And we think, what are we going to do? We got trapped by the river. It's a, it's a no, no turnaround. Not too long, too last what Two weeks ago, I was down. If you drive down Tate's Creek Road, you keep going all the way down like you're going into Madison County, and you come to a bridge. But it's not a bridge. It's a boat. It's a ferry that takes you across. And you drive your car on the ferry, as you all know this, and it carries you to the other side. And the whole time you're driving down to that ferry, it's telling you, no turn around, no turn around, no turn around. There's no opportunity to turn back. And by the way, I went down there and I did turn around. There is some room to turn around. I think the three other cars behind me turn around. You miss your turn going to Raven Run. Next thing you know, you're down by the river and you have to turn around. But that's what's happening here. They're headed to the river and they're going to be trapped. God is leading them down the wilderness road because His great purpose is to prepare and to set up for His mighty hand to set His people free. These are His people, we are His people. God wants to do a miracle. In order for God to do a miracle, He has to put you in a position that you can't do anything yourself. The the tragedy that you're going through, the difficult days that you might be in right now, the Lord is using it to prepare for something great. Greatness, dependence upon the Lord, doesn't occur during the good times. Folks, it occurs during the bad times, difficult times. When, when our back's against the walls, when we're most dependent upon the Lord. Keep going here in your Bible. The Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day in a pillar of fire to give them light at night. So God is literally leading the people. They have no clue where to go. They're following a cloud at day. Daytime, they're literally following this cloud. Nighttime, the cloud basically becomes a fireball. And they follow the fireball at night. And that, that Hebrew word to describe a pillar of fire is almost like the word that we use for tornado. It's circling. And you can't just walk up to it and touch it. It's a tornado of fire. And that's what they're following. It's the presence of the Lord. He is providing for them. It goes on to say, the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. And do you know this pillar would always stay with the Israelites? It vanished. Do you know when it vanished? The next 40 years it would be with them. This pillar of cloud, I'll explain what happened. When we, later on when we get the ark, ark of the Covenant, it would just rest on top and it was time for the Israelites to move, they would follow the cloud. But when the pillar of cloud got to the Jordan River, and it was time to cross into the Promised Land, the people just, it ended there. So it picked up in Egypt to get them out of Egypt, and it stayed with them through that entire wilderness. Forty years it stayed with them, wandering around the desert, going through the Red Sea. And then when they crossed back over, the cloud disappeared. God was leading his people with that cloud. He stayed with that, and in that many ways, that cloud just stayed for years. They would have the tent of meeting there, the tabernacle, and the cloud just stayed on top of it. It just looked like a regular cloud. It didn't move. It would stay like that. When they were in camp for several years, basically, God was allowing the people to die off in the wilderness through a, very, through a series of events we see throughout the book of Exodus. In in many ways, Numbers. God kills off the folks because of their complaining, wanting to go back to Egypt. The cloud just stayed right there. Then it was time to move on, it would move on. And that was that leadership of the Holy Spirit. The Lord leads His people just like He He leads us. He leads you. He leads us today. We might not have a pillar of cloud outside. He leads us through His Word. He guides us through coming to church, through your pastor's teaching, through Sunday school, you, through the people you put in your life. So I want to tell you something. You start praying for someone to get saved and an opportunity to share the gospel, and he so will bring that opportunity to you. He answers that prayer. He brings that person. So all of a sudden, this cloud appears, shows up, comes out of the blue. Here comes a cloud. Now we're going to start following it around. The pillar of cloud by, by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pi-Hirathoth between Migdol and the sea. You must camp in front of Bel-Ziphorn facing the sea. So they are literally up against the sea. Pharaoh will say to the Israelites, They are wandering around in the land in confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. This is exactly what happened here. God is preparing the people to get boxed in, the appearance of being boxed in, so that Pharaoh will be lured out to the sea. God's laying a trap for Pharaoh. Pharaoh thinks he's got these people. He's got them trapped, but the real trap isn't for the people. It's against Pharaoh. When we are in that situation where we feel a trap is being laid for us or that we are boxed in, in fact, that's an opportunity for the Lord to step up and to do a great miracle. And that's absolutely what we see here. So I think our first principle here about the route they take, God's leading the people to the Red Sea. Why is He doing it? Because He's going to do a miracle. Why do bad things happen to good people? So God ultimately can receive glory and credit for what's going to happen. Listen, it's, it's hard to be faithful to the Lord when everything's going perfect. When it's the dark, challenging times, when we're dealing with setbacks, that's when... That's when our dependence upon the Lord increases. God's looking for his people to be more dependent, more needy upon him. And he leads us through the wilderness, through Egypt, through the Red Sea, so we will be completely reliant upon him. Next section here. Chapter 14, verse 5. This will be our last section of scripture we read this evening here. I want you to follow along your Bible. Because this is the Egyptians, they fall for the trap the Lord has made. God's word says, Then when the king of Egypt, as Pharaoh, was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about the people and said, What have we done? We have released Israel from serving us. It's like, there goes our slaves, there goes our people. Who will now serve me? You know, when you lose your workers, all of a sudden, it, it's tough times. Daniel Jr., he has spent two weeks in Alabama last month, and that meant our grass grew. It got really long. We had to, Sherry had to cut it one day. She stepped up and realized, our, there goes our grass cutter. So what happens? It just keeps on growing. Well, that's what occurs. If Mama always fixes dinner, and then she goes up to Ohio to visit her sister, who's going to cook dinner? time to eat out. I mean, when your workers are gone, difficult and dark days are on the horizon. And that's what happens here with Egypt. They feel that pain. So verse 6, so Pharaoh got his chariot ready and took his troops with him. He took 600 of his best chariots and all the rest of the chariots of Egypt with officers in each one. So he's bringing a full army to get these folks back. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites, who are going out defiantly. You know, they're marching their for They're very confident, thinking we're following the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, we trust in the Lord. We're going about our business. We're doing the right thing, but they don't realize they are about to meet. They are about to get scared. They feel Pharaoh drove us out. We're following the Lord. It looks like everything is going great for them. That that attitude that they have, they're confident in themselves. There is a danger when you're confident in yourself, defiantly. The Egyptian, verse 9, All Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his horsemen and his army, chased after them and caught up with them as they camped by the sea at Pi-Hamareth in front of Baal, Zephorin. So here we are. We're up against the Red Sea. Nowhere to go. Pharaoh got him. He trapped them. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. This is one of their saddest verses. And there were the Egyptians coming after them. They thought, oh no. Here they come. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord for help. So they don't know what to do. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you've taken us away to die in the wilderness? Like You you brought us all the way out here in the middle of nowhere, next to the sea, blazing hot, desert, and we're about to have a mass grave, Moses. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. They're begging to go serve as slaves. When someone has been in spiritual bondage for decades, centuries, they don't even know what it's like to be free. They don't understand what spiritual freedom and following the Lord's like. These folks have just, they've just lived their whole life serving the Egyptians. That's all they know. And now God has freed them, and they want to go back to their slavery. We never want to go back to Egypt. We never want to go back to spiritual bondage. This is the danger of sin. There's a lure with sin that if only we keep going back to it, things are going to get better when it's the exact opposite. You go back to the sin, things get worse. A dog, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, returns to its vomit. Meaning, there's this temptation to always fall back, as Paul said, to the old man. The old way of life. And that's what they're asking. They're begging Moses to go back. And God has set them free. And the miracle is about to come. Verse 12. Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Look at this. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear. Fear, when it gets a hold of you, it, just, it seizes people. You cannot live in this fearful life that you have enemies, that people are against you. Christ tells us we're not to live that way. We're only to fear the Lord. He's the one that holds life and death for us. He's the one that determines our days. No one else. Not COVID. Not our health. It's the Lord. In any moment, we could be called home. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation that He will accomplish for you today. You know, poor Moses, he's saying this, but he has no clue what's going to happen. Moses is saying, look, I have no clue what to do. I have no plan. I'm following a cloud. I'm following a pillar. We are backs against the walls. The Egyptians are coming. All I can say is let's stand firm. God, it's time to do something. I'm ready for the miracle. I'm ready for the blessing." Lord, I'm ready for a mighty move in your life. Are you ready for that too? Moses is confidently speaking here because he doesn't know what's going to happen. We know. We know what's happening. Just think of that situation. These folks are approaching. And it have, you have, you have just feels like minutes. We, the time's ticking away. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. God had told Moses, You're not going to see these people. They're going to die. Verse 14: The Lord will fight for you, and you must be quiet. They continue to complain. And Moses is calling his people to trust in him. We do not experience God's power by complaining about it. We're we're quiet, we're to trust in the Lord. And we know God will deliver us. My deliverer, your deliverer, is Jesus Christ. When you are are in a Red Sea experience and you don't know what to do, you can relate to this story. Because we're told to stand firm and wait on the Lord. And maybe that's the message for some of you tonight. God is speaking to you. He's telling you to stand firm. Wait on the Lord. We don't many times even know what we're waiting for. But waiting is an opportunity for us to trust in God. We're growing in our relationship with the Lord. We wait on the Lord for people to be saved, for us to see renewal, and for God to do a great thing in our life. And maybe God has spoken to you this evening, and you need to respond to Him. You've been waiting, and now is your time to follow the pillar of cloud, to follow the pillar of fire, we're to be faithful in our pursuit of the Lord. Just like the, Israel, the Egyptians were pursuing the Israelites, we pursue after God. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. We're going to collude here. And I want this prayer to be a prayer of trusting in Jesus. When your back's against the Red Sea and the Egyptians are coming and you don't know what to do, we cry out and call out and turn to the one who creates us and the one who leads us by a cloud and by a pillar of fire. God, I pray for the many people who are listening to this and those that will listen to this in the days, months, and years to come. These words need to be sealed in our hearts. Lord, there is a purpose in your message. In this message, there is a great purpose. And that purpose is for us to realize that you fight for us. You go before us, you fight our battles. Lord, if we fight, we lose. Lord, every fight you get in, you win. And a fight might look different. In many ways, a fight for us might be a, a fight where we just forgive, where we just surrender. We put down the arms, we put down the computer, and just give someone a hug, say, Brother, I'm not your enemy. I forgive you. I'm sorry. God, I pray, if there's anyone that needs to say those words to someone, I pray they'll do that. There's no reason for us to harbor unforgiveness. Bitterness. Lord, I pray for if there's anybody here that needs to cry out and call out to you as their Savior. Lord, you are the deliverer. You are delivering these people from the Egyptians. and this, We're about to see the parting of the Red Sea. God, I pray this evening, if there's anybody here that needs to reach out to us, they will make that decision public. They will contact our church, and we will share with them about what it means to follow you. Lord, you have a great plan and purpose for us to be believers. Just like Moses, he believed and trusted in you. The people were fearful, but Moses told us to stand firm. and We need to have that same attitude. We're here to stand for Jesus. Stand for you, Lord. God, I pray that we respond to you with this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The way you can respond, you fill out that connection card. You send us an email. You message us Facebook page or our YouTube channel. You let us know how we can follow up with you about following the Lord. God bless you. I will see you. We won't be here next Sunday because we have our our church picnic. Having a church picnic and baptism at Veterans Park. We will be back in two weeks, picking up here in Exodus chapter fourteen. God bless you. I will see you in two weeks.